Georgia, 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 Georgia. Welcome to the Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast with Smitty and Banks. I am Coach Travis Smith, and my co-host is the one and only Coach Terrence Banks. What's going on, Coach? Man, I'm doing great, brother. I'm doing great. Well, I'm looking forward to another great show today. We got a great guest in store for you. But before we uh, bring our guest out, let's talk a little bit about our Twitter poll from last week. Uh, For those who may not be familiar with our poll, every Friday we post a poll question for high school coaches to answer. And then we discuss the poll in our next podcast. Last week, we asked coaches what they would miss the most about spring football if it was canceled. We just got word that it's it uh, is definitely canceled uh, due to COVID-19. Uh, so, Coach Banks, won't you uh, share the results and some of the feedback that we got uh, in regards to our poll? Yeah, that was uh, that was first of all, when we when we got this question, we did not know that we will be doing this next podcast mm-hmm. report 30 to 45 minutes after the governor announced that he would be uh, keeping schools closed and online learning only for the rest of the school year. We thought it was coming, but it didn't happen. The four questions that we asked coaches was what would they miss the most? Game versus another team, chance to evaluate talent, installing new concepts or other. Um, Overwhelmingly, chance to evaluate talent um, is what most coaches said they would uh, miss. And, you know, brother, you know, me and you you talk probably every day, all day. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. I'm one person who does not think the world is going to end by not having spring football. I know coaches, um, a lot of coaches feel that way. Um, I think, you know, you've been working with your kids. Some of them played last year, some of them didn't. But you have an idea. Of course, you're hoping to see the growth. But I think, you know, that's what teams have missed most. I I think as football coaches, we do work well under pressure. And I think we'll make adjustments, much like we do in our classroom. So I'm not surprised by that result. How about you? Are you surprised by that result? No, I'm I'm not I'm not surprised. Uh, I actually voted, and and that was what I voted for as well—the chance to evaluate talent. Um, but I, I do. We had uh we had second uh coming in second was installing new concepts. So I understand where those guys come from because I do have some some new things, some some tweaks to a few things that I that I was looking forward to uh to getting on film with our guys. Um, but, but primarily, uh, a chance to evaluate talent, especially if you, if you have a program where you lost, lost a lot of guys, you know, I lost, uh, pretty much my entire offensive line aside from one kid. Uh, so, uh, I, I was really looking forward to, uh, to trying to see who's going to fill those shoes, you know, but, but like you said, we, the world's not going to end. We're going to adapt and adjust. That's, that's what we do as coaches. Um, but I do understand why coaches, you know, would kind of be a little disappointed that you that they're not going to get a chance to uh to evaluate some of their talent and you know kind of see what see what they have coming into uh into next season. Hey, I agree. You know, same thing for me because I'd be at a new location, and so I was looking forward to installing some stuff. I mean, installing it on Zoom and seeing them get out there and running is two different things. Mm-hmm. So get prepared for that, man. Yeah, that I think that's that's the part that 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 I'm I'm you know kind of up in the air with as well because we're we're having to do a lot we're having to step outside of the box a lot like you said doing a lot of Zoom videos for installs things of that nature and and now that that process is going to be extended you know whereas to where we were going to be doing Zoom for a month and a half or whatever and then you get you still get to do spring so you don't feel that gap as much. But now with school being, you know, closed for a while and who knows when we're going to be able to get out there. I know some people are thinking July 1, but um, but, you know, now that gap between the time that you actually see your kids uh, is a little bit wider. And so now you're going to have to kind of revamp your process of installing and meeting with kids, things of that nature. But like like I said, you know, we'll we'll make do. We'll figure it out and uh, we'll get the best out of our kids one way or another. Yep, and let's get this thing rolling, man. All right, well, as usual, coaches providing great feedback in our weekly Twitter poll. I can't wait to see what they have for us next week. Uh, now, allow me to introduce our guest for today's show. He's the former head football coach and athletic director for Pickens County High School in North Georgia. Following his coaching tenure at Pickens County Pickens High School, he became the district athletic director 
for the Pickens County School System. He's currently the Director of Human Resources for Pickens for the Pickens County School System. Please join me in welcoming Mr. Chris Parker to the show. What's going on, Colt? Hey, how's it going, guys? Glad to be with you. Uh, appreciate you joining us. Before we begin, Coach, uh, we like for our guests to give a little more background, provide a little more details about themselves. So why don't you tell us uh, more about your journey through the world of high school athletics? Well, I, you know, I played high school ball and, and I'm from Alabama, South Alabama. I uh, went to Foley High School and I went to University of Alabama. And then I just got a job, the first place that would hire me, and it happened to be at Sequoia High School in um, Hickory Flat, Georgia, in Cherokee County. And I didn't even know where that was, but I took the job <laughs> and uh, I thought I'd stay there a year or two and probably move back to Alabama. And I never did. So uh, I stayed there seven years and got the head coaching job at Chapel Hill over there by, by your neck of the woods. Mm. Um, worked there for four years and then moved over to Pickens High School. And uh, I've been here for now nine years. Uh, the first seven, I was the head football coach. Uh, then last year, I was just at, I was the athletic director for the district, worked at central office. And uh, as of a couple months ago, I'm, I'm the human resources director. So uh, kind of an odd path to the central office, <laughs> but, uh, but but I'll take it. I, I don't know how it happened, to be honest. I just took the jobs people gave me or offered me. But uh, mm. love football, love coaching, love keeping up with you guys, love everything y'all are doing. Um, I just got a little different path right now. Gotcha. Well, congratulations on all the success, coach. You've yep. you've obviously you've obviously put in a lot of work as a high school coach and an administrator. How difficult was it for you to hold both the AD and the head football coach title at the same time? Well, it was tremendously difficult. I was the athletic director and the head coach while I was at Pickens, and um, the year before I actually quit, I kind of I, I went to superintendent and some guys and tried to give up one of them. Uh, at that time, I said, well, I'll let somebody else be the athletic director. And it just didn't really work out. And then the next year, um, we had a great season, won the region championship, went 10-0 and in the regular season, uh, won the school's first playoff game. And it just kind of, and then I got a chance to work at district office more and do more things. I worked with uh, – I was at the athletic director for the district, but I was over safety and Title IX and work comp and stuff like that. And they presented me with that opportunity, so I took that job and gave up the football job. Uh, but the main reason that came up in my mind all those times was just it was so difficult doing both jobs. And, I, and there's people all across the state doing it. But I'll tell you what came to mind initially when you asked that question was, um, you know, football season is taxing. It's difficult. You guys know the work you do and the time you take away from your families during football season. But, you know, athletic directing season, the fall is not that bad. It's really the spring that is really bad. Uh, you know that. You know, the spring is when I was at a game every night. We were getting something ready every night. So I just felt like for the whole time I was doing both jobs, there was never an off season. You know, right when I got finished with football, we kicked into more athletic stuff. And uh, then sometimes you get put in some, uh, some bad situations where people don't want to hear what you got to say or how you're going to resolve their problem because they just assume because you're the football coach. You only care about football or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, and so there's just a lot of stuff like that that I didn't love. Uh, having done both jobs, I, I would think it's um, it's just a tough job to do. I, I, there's some great men that do it, and, and I don't want to say anybody – I wouldn't want to put anybody in a box and say you had to have this job or that job. But I do think it's a difficult job. I think the head football coach should focus on pushing the head football coach's agenda, pushing the football program's agenda. And I caught myself numerous times pushing the athletic department's agenda, even at the expense of the football team sometimes. Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't love that, but that was what was right. Uh, so it puts you in a bad spot sometimes. But at the same time, it was nice to have you be your own boss, I guess. That wasn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can, you know, I can only imagine, and you kind of talked a lot about, you know, what's going on. Um, you, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and put you in this category because there, there are a lot of friends of yours, and and that's high school coaches. We say this about you guys, and you probably will laugh. And if they listen to this, they'll laugh too. And you've already done a podcast about it. You know, we call you a part of the Metro Mafia, as we call them. <laughs> <laughs> I think I got term, some of those. Yeah, yeah, I got some so, of those guys on my shows the next few weeks. 
Yeah, man. Uh, Coach Jewel, Coach Kraft, um, <laughs> Coach Miller and Henry, you know, those yeah. guys who, who us Metro coaches uh, make all the decisions for us. And, I mean, I think you you talked about that and kind of discussed, you know, a lot of what's happening. And so that kind of brings up a lot about you saying you having to do both. That brings it to the question that one of the questions I wanted to ask. Nowadays, we're seeing a lot of school systems, you know, transition that athletic director's position into a full-time position. Um, Fulton, Dr. Kraft has it in Fulton. Um, I see that uh, Mr. Coach Miller is doing it in Henry. Um, and they're filling those roles with, you know, guys who are former coaches. Very good right. friend of me. Uh, Willie Cannon, my athletic mm -hmm. director, uh, Kenny Miller. What was that transition like for you into becoming that full-time AD? Well, it's a, um, those are great guys, by the way, first off. And let me say before I answer that question that any school – I can say stuff like this now. Any school system that's not making it a full-time job really should look into that, okay? Um, that's, not, that's just my opinion. But I, I think people having to do multiple things like assistant principal slash that or, or having to coach multiple sports and do that – uh, you're not going to get the most out of the athletic department that way. And uh, Dr. Kraft, Dr. Miller, Jasper Jewell, some of these guys that, that we do talk to a lot, awesome guys that understand that. If you want to know more about athletics, those are the guys to talk to. Mm -hmm. When we transition into becoming a full-time AD, the, the thing that really was weird for me that you, you guys would understand is you don't have that scoreboard anymore. You know, that scoreboard is real powerful. You know that? Both mm -hmm. ways. Yeah. That scoreboard is powerful, man. If, if you can go put more t points up than the other team, you can kind of, you know, say, hey, we're doing some good things here. Let me show you how we're doing these good things. When you're an AD, you don't really have that. There has to be people. But now in some ways that's a positive because, you, you know, sometimes we didn't win every game, right? And sometimes you don't win and the other team's better. But sometimes when you can put that number up on the scoreboard, you can prove to people that you're doing some really good things and, and – Sometimes the AD, you got to get them to trust you a little more that, hey, this is what we need to do. And they may not even see the fruits of that for two or three or four years later, you know, working with mm -hmm. middle school or, uh, booster clubs and things like that. Sometimes you may you guys may be doing something. I know uh, Coach Smith's probably doing some good stuff now that's not going to pay off for another one, two, three, four years. And so yep, where's exactly. the call it? Every Friday, we've got a number up there we could at least use as a measuring stick, you know. And it, it was weird is a good way to put it. It was weird to not have a team to coach. Um, and that's just been one season that I did that, and it was weird. Uh, but I did enjoy being around my family more. I did enjoy being an administrator. I did think I could affect more kids in the, in the whole district. But it, it was nothing like connecting with that one small group of kids, even if it's 100 as a small group of mm -hmm. kids that you work with, uh, you do miss that for sure. You got to take, it's almost like if you've been looking through the keyhole of a door and now they opened up the whole door and you can see the whole room, you know, that's yeah. your idea. AD, that's where you are. You got to look at the whole room and those coaches look through stuff for the keyhole, you know, and, and that, that getting them to understand that is probably the hardest job about the AD but when you went, when I was doing both of them, I was opening and shutting that door a lot, you know. <laughs> now when I was just doing one, I just had the door open all the time. I'm looking out for everybody. Uh, it did. It was definitely different, and it was definitely a transition. Yeah, and I, and you know, I'm glad to hear you reflect on this. Um, one thing that you know, I ask Travis all the time how it is, kind of <laughs> doing both in a sense, and. And I'm going to let him speak on what he his thoughts on that. But I talk to him all the time because I've mentioned to him and what you one of the things you just said that stuck out to me was I've mentioned to him, I love being a head football coach, but I wonder if my path is kind of getting me to think more about these AD jobs. They start mm -hmm. to come open. Because mm -hmm. As educators, you want to get the lives of kids. And you look at that AD job, like it, it transitions me from being just a football coach to mm -hmm. being a of coaches. And instead of just having this group of kids, I now can see, like you said, see the lens for all of them. So I, you know, I think, you know, one of the things you just said kind of stuck out. Um, would you agree with that, uh, 
Travis. Yeah, that, that's def that was definitely kind of my approach to it as well. You know, before I became the AD, I was, you know, all DC everything. You know, if it, if it wore, you know, the DC part, I was rooting for it. You know, I think all all me becoming the AD did was make it more formal, um, you know, but I, I definitely understand um, I, I, I backed off a lot of things as far as football goes. A lot of things that I that I did before I became the AD as a football coach, you know, I passed on to other people. And so like you, like you said, coach, I definitely enjoy that little bit of freedom. Uh, I talk about going to JV football games, you know, I, I, I do very little with JV football games now. So, you know, I'll sit on the golf cart and just watch the game, you know, and it feels good to just be able to watch the game, you know, but at the same time, like you said, coach, you do miss that, that watching the scoreboard part of it. You know, and, and having that tangible, you know, success, mm-hmm. something something that you can you can grab a hold to and you can say, you know, we did this. Whereas to like you mentioned with as being the AD, a lot of the things that we're trying to do are not going to be recognized for another two or three years. You know, so I can right. definitely understand where, where you come from uh, with that as well. Well, coach, I'll admit prior to about a couple months ago, I had no idea who you were. <laughs> but as, as seems to be the case, these, <laughs> but as seems to be the case these days, we we formed a relationship via social media, uh, uh, and primarily built off the wealth of knowledge that you decided just to share with coaches through your Parker's Resource website. Talk about some of the information that coaches can find on your website and where you got the idea to start sharing that information. Well, it's it's a, it's an interesting story. Um, the what happened was, and I'll just be real honest with you guys. Uh, I was out of, I didn't coach last year. And, uh, the year before that, my team went 10 and 0 at a school that was traditionally hadn't been real successful. We had a lot of success when I was at Chapel Hill. And, and before that they hadn't been real successful. So I've been very fortunate to be on some good teams and, uh, being out a year, I really enjoyed watching people. And, and so I had people all year trying to talk to me about going back to coaching football and, I'm going to be lying to you if I told you I didn't think about it, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe even even kind of flirted with a couple places, you know, and um, because it's just something you miss and you love. And, you know, when it really came down to it, I just wasn't really I just didn't want to do it. I, I love my girls at home and seeing them and what I was doing, but I really miss football and um, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was really torn and in pure coincidence about the 1st of February, our superintendent, um, we had a new superintendent, which is one of the other reasons uh, things were kind of in turmoil for me on what I was going to do. And uh, our new, our interim superintendent had called me in and said, you know, hey, coach, we want you to uh, take over the HR department. Well, I don't know how much all you listeners know about central office, but traditionally you wouldn't go from athletic director to HR. So, <laughs> um <laughs> So I, I didn't have a ton of experience with that, but then he started talking to me about it and uh, I was really interested in it uh, is dealing with people, dealing with hiring people, which is, you know, dealing with paperwork and, and things that I'm all pretty good at. And, um, you know, I can I, now not only could I affect my football team and then I went to AD and I could affect all the student athletes. Now I have more of an impact on the entire district, you know, mm-hmm. adult students, whatever we're, we're there. My job as HR director is to be there for the employees, you know, to be there for them, help them when they need somebody, get the best people in our district. So when I started thinking about that instantaneously, when he's talking, I said, you know, all right, I, I think I can do this. So I go home and I'm excited about it. And I'm kind of sad at the same time. You know, I had a job in athletics for 20 straight years, basically. So mm-hmm. I didn't know um, just one day I didn't. I mean, I got out of bed not knowing that was and that, that when he called me in, I left this part out. He said this was effective immediately. So uh, <laughs> I left the office, not not in athletics for the first time in 20 years. Uh, so I get home. It's maybe a couple nights later. It wasn't the same day. But, you know, a few days pass. And I um, I think somebody sent me an email or something wanting a copy of, you know, one of the manuals we used or copy of a call sheet or just something. And I got that kind of stuff all the time that people knew we had a lot of stuff on paper. And mm-hmm. so I just decided to put it on. Tw- I just took a picture of it on my phone, put it on Twitter. Hey, had a couple guys asking for 
I don't even remember what it was, situation football list or an annual calendar or something. I put it on Twitter and like hundreds of people liked it. Hell, I didn't know anybody liked it, to be honest. I was just glad, you know, somebody liked it. Then I put something out the next day and a bunch of people liked it. And then next, and then people started uh, messaging me nonstop, wanting me to email it to them. And then other people started messaging me saying, quit putting stuff out there. You need to sell that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't know anything about that. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not making any of this up. This is exactly how this went. So it's around Valentine's Day, the middle of February now, uh, just a month and a half ago. And uh, I said, okay, well, I had probably 50 to 60 people send me an email in a day wanting me to email them what I had been putting out there. And I had been just emailing them. Finally, I said, okay, well, you know, we kind of got a, people, a couple people show me how to do it. I set up something where, you know, for a couple of dollars, I'd send you this, all these, you know, all the offensive stuff or all the defense or all the whatever. Well, then, you know, people just started getting it nonstop. And then they would say, well, uh, how can I get all this stuff? So then I had to come up with a little package where you could get all of them. And uh, then I started writing an article. And I've, I've just – been blown away. I'm glad I'm getting this forum so people understand what I was trying to do because I've I've been completely blown away by the support people have given me, and um, and it's not really about making any money for me to be honest. I like today I gave away about 25 things on Twitter just for uh just because I'm just trying to help. It mm-hmm. uh it's become a little side business I guess, but it's more about um just connecting coaches to different resources that we used. And now I'm even, we've got an articles group, which is just a bunch of articles that basically anybody can submit within reason. And uh, you can get a lot of different articles that are free. You know, we've got online courses doing some of those now, like $10 and I give a bunch of them away on Twitter. And then you can buy these document packages, but everything's fairly cheap. Um, And just to help, coaches have resources you know i haven't hardly had anybody reach out to me that wanted something that i didn't give it to them to be honest mm-hmm. um because it's just a great opportunity to help for me to stay involved and i don't want to get all spiritual on you guys on this show but it just i just felt like the lord was putting me in a position uh to help when i got that hr job it's just crazy how that happened within like a week of each other mm-hmm. i got taken out of athletics and then I get to continue helping in athletics on my, in my personal time. So now I do HR stuff. HR is busy now during the day. HR is worse than athletic director during the day. Coach. <laughs> eight, eight to five, man, it's, it's something else. But when five o'clock hits or four thirty or whatever time you go home, there's not much to do. You know, mm-hmm. HR slows down. It's like a hundred miles an hour down to zero. Uh, whereas athletic director, you're going about 75 all day, you know, <laughs> so when we get home there's just not much to do play with my daughters i see my wife eat dinner with them then i tweet something out type something up put something out now now i sit on at home all day so this is totally different that was before this pandemic now i'm at home all day so i I got plenty of time to do whatever and do hr but uh it's really neat i know i'm giving you a long answer but i it's really neat to me that that the Lord put me in that position, you know, cause it's really happy. It just makes me really happy to still be involved with you guys and get that time I'm getting with my family. And I'm moving up at the central office and working with human resources and all that's great too. But I haven't had to sacrifice all my relationships with athletics that I built over 20 years. And um, so it's just, I don't know. It's just, I feel like I've gotten tremendously lucky that this has kind of worked out how it has. Well, Coach, I, I'll, I'll be the first to the test to give my testimony that that it is a great resource. Uh, I think I got everything that you were offering. I think you were offering it for like thirty dollars, and yeah. and it's well worth more, a lot more than thirty dollars. And uh, uh, it's so much information. You know, I'm tr- trying to figure out how I can start, you know, updating my things using some of those things you you provide. It's just so much, so much knowledge and so much good stuff. Uh, and, and I, and I, I recommend everybody jump on board with your offering. Thanks coach. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, well, Travis, you said it all for me. So I don't even have to say anything again, guys. 
Maybe we might work something out with Coach. I don't think y'all are special if y'all listen to this podcast. We're going to have to talk about that online. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> if they mention this podcast, we'll have to hook y'all up or they'll get a discount or something. How about that? There we go. If you message yeah. me on Twitter and say you heard it on this podcast, we'll work something out. Gotcha. Okay. There, there you have it. Because, uh, one, you know, I, I couldn't let you get by without asking you this question because obviously this is the Georgia High School Football Podcast and a lot of coaches from the state are going to listen. And probably I get asked this question a lot because I've been a head coach. And you and I understand. I talk to Travis about this, about this all the time. Every level is a fraternity. You're in that special Absolutely. AD fraternity. And I'm in that special um, head coach fraternity. And, you know, once you get to be in that fraternity, you're always in it. So people are always looking for the nice next advice from you. Um, head coaching jobs in our state are high commodity. They're precious. Everybody is chomping at the bit to get into the mm-hmm. state. Um, when you left Pickens to ascend, you had to hire somebody for that spot. Right. What are characteristics that you in the hiring committee uh, look for somebody to be head football coach? Well, you know, I've been a part of a few of them. And now, you know, as an AD and an HR, you know, we hire a lot of head coaches in general, a lot of principals, you know, things like that. And truthfully, they're all really about the same. The difference for head football coach is actually just the level of interest that it showed. Like you said, it's just so competitive and you get people from other states. You got people locally that are really good. And you got the people on the edge, you know, in the surrounding kind of counties in the state of Georgia that are really good. So uh, I think the the, if the question is what characteristics are we looking for? Then, you know, you're really looking for the best fit. And that's an easy one. I mean, that's a cop-out answer, but that's a, like a fit. Now, because here's where it is. Every place is different. And you know this. Some places have been real successful. The best fit's going to be to keep things comparable to what they've been doing. It doesn't mean that's the best person that applied, but it might be somebody on the staff that needs to ascend to the head job because that's what the community is going to want. That's what the kids are going to want. Uh, changing things right now is not a great time to do that. There's other times when you may have a great assistant coach on the staff. I mean, a great one. And you can't hire him because it's just not a good fit right now. You know, the, the it ended badly somehow. And we got to go outside and get something new. Maybe the team was struggling. It wasn't this one assistant coach's fault but we got to do something different. So I think my the thing that a lot of people have to realize if they're listening to this and they want advice on being a head coach is you got to be not, not get your feelings hurt and you got to be okay with a lot of failure because about a hundred <laughs> people, you know, about a hundred people going to apply for every job. Okay. That's an average. Some school might be 75, some 125, but about a hundred. Now about of those hundred, maybe only 80 of them are qualified. But 80 of them will be qualified. I mean, there'll be a lot of people that are good football coaches that want that job. So if they call you in to interview and say they're interviewing five people, well, that means you're in the top 5%. You need to be proud of that. Don't get discouraged when they don't hire you, but they interviewed you. You know, just keep chopping wood, you know, keep showing up because it is really hard to get a job and it is very competitive. And you have to be the right fit. You have to be a person who can communicate your values. This will answer your real question. What do you want to do? In the, you've got to be able to communicate your vision to those people in a very limited amount of time. And that's a, that's a struggle. So most of the time it's important if you know somebody. It, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's important if somebody can vouch for you. Um, and it's really important to do well in that one hour you got showing up. But the key is to get your foot in the door. My advice would be have a great resume, have pictures on your resume. Sound might sound dumb, but have pictures on your resume. Like make it look like you put some time into this. I can't tell you how many resumes I get and have gotten for the last 10 years or so. And some of them look like my my 10-year-old daughter typed, you know. (laughs) Hell, she could do better, to be honest. Um, And and then that just shows you don't want the job. Because if you're the head football coach, you can do better. Now, you may not be great at the computer. Somebody around you is. You know, make that resume look good. Make them pick you out of those 100 people to look into further. What usually happens in a head coaching search is if they got 100 resumes, there's probably half of them they're not even really looking at, just to be honest. 
at least half that are sending in the resume. They, they kind of see where you are. See that nothing stands out for you. You get moved into one folder. There's another group of guys that at least get, let's take a look at them status. And your job has got to be to get into that group with your resume and with your initial correspondence and with you getting somebody to vouch for you. Now, once you get into that room, if you get an interview, then you got to convey your message and your vision. And the key is to be yourself. Don't be nervous. What you nervous about? You know, you don't have anything to lose. You don't have the job anyway. You don't want to be there if they don't want you. So don't be nervous. Just be yourself. Convey your message. If they don't want that message, you don't want to be there. So too many people show up nervous. Too many people show up unprepared. Too many people don't even get their foot in the door because they're scared to ask or say what they want. You know, I thought it was cool that Coach Banks just said he might want to be an athletic director. You know why I think that's cool? Because you got to speak that out if that's something you want to do. Mm-hmm. Don't just assume everybody in the world knows you want to be one. Start talking about that, asking around. <laughs> if you want to be the head coach at such and such a school, give a full court effort, full press, get after it effort when that job comes open. And then if you don't get it, it's okay to be disappointed for a day, but then you got to suck it up, worry about what you can control and go to the next thing. You know, and if we, if you can do that, the Lord will put you in a place eventually you need to be, but you got to be, have your eyes open and be ready when they put you in that position. This, this sermon that you're giving. Here, <laughs> yeah, I know. I got a little preachy there. I can go. Oh, now. That, that's can gold, go. coach. That's gold. No, no, no. And I'm, and I'm glad you're saying this because those in my circle, those in me and Travis circles, I mean, you talk about this all the time. I tell people all the time, um, when I got the Newton job, I had been turned down 10 times. I had been turned down by schools who have only won five games in the six years I was at Newton. Mm-hmm. Or Newton said, yes, I was had been at the school that had just turned me down that same cycle was a school that hadn't made the playoffs in nine years. So it's always about timing. I've yep. heard yes twice. I've heard no um, probably about 18 times. Mm-hmm. So as you got to keep chopping wood, carrying wood, and keep pounding the stone. It wasn't the first through eighth hit that got me the job. It was the ninth. It was the fit in the time. When my time there was on, I moved on. I do want to be an AD or a head coach again. It will come when it is time. But here's That's right. what I do. This, if I do not send in my resume, I will never be either. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like presentation yeah. important, man. And and I can't even, um, you know, presentations is, is important. Um, so I, I totally agree. Yeah. Coach, one thing, one thing, one thing about your answer that stood out for me was the part about not being uh, nervous. Uh, I think, I think coaches, a lot of coaches feel like you've got to go win the interview. But 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 you hit a, you hit a a good point where you said just be yourself. You know if 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 you're in there trying to impress somebody and and come across as something that you might not be, it's going to show. You know and, and they're going to they're going to see through you. So I think that the best thing to do is just relax and and uh, yeah. one thing I, I one thing I found is is to try to make it as conversational as possible to where that where it doesn't even feel like an interview anymore. To where now it's just. Me and whoever's across the table, we're having a conversation, and we just so happen to be talking about football and and uh, leading the football program. That's something that that uh, then I don't know if people want to take my advice. You know, I've never been a head coach. I like like Banks said, I've been told no about twelve times. I've been told yes twice, uh, but it wasn't the right situation. But but like you said, Coach, I think just be yourself. You know, and and yeah, and the rest will take care of itself. And I know that's easy advice, sounds simple, but I'm telling you guys, y'all both been around some really good football players, and so this analogy will make sense to you. Um, you guys have coached players who've gone on to big-time colleges. Y'all have mm-hmm. coached guys who their whole goal in life was some of them was to play in college and some of them was to have a signing day. That's two yes. different things. Yes, yes. Some people saw that signing day as the end of the journey, and some people see that signing day as the beginning of the journey. Like the hard work's about to start. The mm-hmm. ones who succeed are the ones who see that signing day as this is just the beginning. This is not the end of my journey. This is the beginning. If you go in that head coaching interview 
And you got a member. So say they give you this job. Well, after a few months, they're going to know who you are. So you don't want a job that they don't want your vision. You tell your real vision, what you really want to do, because some people just want to be a head coach. They just want to get that title. They just want to mm-hmm. um, be told that's the end of their journey. The day they get that head job, that's the end of their journey. And I always felt like an advantage of mine was I was was the opposite. I thought when I got the job, oh, God, I fooled them into getting me the job. Now I got to go to work. <laughs> you know, like mm-hmm. I got to prove these people right. So, um if you, you don't want, I didn't want to be anywhere that didn't want me, if that makes sense. So I just going to go in there with how I wanted to do it. And if they didn't want me, then I was probably going to make it there anyway. So fooling them was actually just a way to get fired in a couple of years because yeah. you fooled them. You're, you know, you're going to eventually be yourself. So you might as well just be yourself walking in there. And if, if it's good for people to hear how many times people are getting turned down, I mean, one out of a hundred is not real good. You know, guys, that's not good odds. It's the same odds we tell people about being Division One players, right? We tell Correct. people all the time, don't don't settle for that. Don't blow off that D3 school. Don't not do your grades. You know, only 5% are going to play college and 1% Division One. Well, that's about your chance of getting that head job right now. So instead of feeling sorry for yourself, just keep working. Just keep working. And when somebody tells you yes, you go. And, you know, think about it from a recruiting standpoint, like those D3 guys that go to the NFL. Think how many people told them no. Mm-hmm. And then they get picked over all those five stars in the NFL. You know, so you just make sure when one of them guys tells you yes, that you're ready to go, that you, you have conveyed your real vision. And that's the beginning of the journey, not the end. And that's that's really good advice for somebody that's getting a job right now. Don't let that be the end of your journey. Let it be the beginning. That that is, that is great advice, Coach. I like to use the phrase. Uh, I like to ask the question: Do you want to win? The, do you really want to be a head coach, or do you want to win the interview? Right. And I, exactly. I think that, that just piggybacks on on what you said. What you just said, Coach. Growth is a very sought after entity in the coaching profession. Everybody's always looking for growth opportunities, opportunities to move up in the coaching ranks, whether it be to become a head coach or whether you're trying to be a coordinator. What should assistant coaches make sure that they're doing to help prepare them for those positions? I'm so glad you asked me this. Um, This is one of the things I like to talk about. You know, if you want to be a head coach, I'll start there. If you want to be a head coach, I think all assistant coaches need to hear this. Unless you are at maybe the top 5% of the schools in the state. We're not going to name them, but you guys know who they are. If you're not at one of those schools – you're probably going to have two choices on how to get a head coaching job, especially if it's your first one. You're going to get promoted or you're going to take over a really bad team. That's your two options. (laughs) You know, you're going to get promoted or you're going to take over a really bad team. My first advice would be try to get promoted. You be the best damn coach at that place. Like you just be the best coach at that school. Have people say, man, did you know so-and-so? He's the running back coach at wherever. He's killing it. I mean, you just worry about you and worry about making sure that head coach and that principal and that AD or whatever want to hire you because of two things. One, you might get promoted. Two, that head coach, that principal, that uh, AD might end up at another school. And that's a good way to get hired because they saw the work you did. But if you don't like that, you got to go to a place that's not real good. I mean, they're not hiring you at Calhoun or Cartersville just because, you know, you, you coach the, the D-line somewhere, you know, like, and you've never been a head coach. They're just not doing that. So instead of applying for that job, just be great where you are. Now, how do you be great where you are? Somebody right now is thinking to themselves, well, I would do that, but my coach doesn't work with me. And my coach – well, here's the, here's the difference, guys. Back when I came up, probably when y'all came up, it really didn't matter who your head coach was because there was not many opportunities to grow. You needed that head coach to teach you how to be a head coach or a coordinator. Now, because of uh, social media and now in this this break we've got right now, if you're not on these – I mean, how many people do we – how many different options are there for coaches to learn? I mm. mean, it's unbelievable. It's actually too many, honestly. It's too much. I agree, yep. But there's no excuse, no excuse – for somebody not to be knowledgeable. Now you can't, you still got to go out and get some lifetime experience just reading about it or watching on zoom isn't enough, 
but you got the opportunity at your fingertips to learn that we did not have back in the day. You do. So go learn it and then take over a really bad team. Don't complain about it. Go make them better. Go make a name for yourself or be the greatest coach at your school so they have to hire you if that head coach leaves. Nobody thought I was quitting at Pickens County. I didn't tell all them assistant coaches I was thinking about that. or I, I was worried about trying to get in the playoffs and winning the playoffs. Nobody would have ever thought that, you know, I was going to quit and we're going to have to promote one of these guys. But I did. You never know when something's going to change at your school. You make sure you're the best assistant coach at that school. And, and that would be my advice for you. And even if you think your school's horrible or your head coach doesn't work with you or your AD don't like you, that's just a bunch of garbage. You just worry about you. All you can control is you. And you get on the Zoom. You know, same people saying that have not logged on to Zoom one time. <laughs> Haven't looked into one clinic one time. But everybody doesn't like them. Y'all, y'all know some of them people? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I mean, are, what are you doing to make yourself a qualified coordinator head coach? And now if you're doing everything you can do and you can't get ahead, go somewhere else. I mean, there's nothing wrong with going somewhere else. But don't assume that everybody keeps – sleeping on you or overlooking you when the only three jobs you apply for were Buford and Norquinette. And you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> nobody's sleeping on you. Go take one in places that's not winning and make them better. I, the, the reason I'm on here today with y'all is because twice I did that. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I took, I mean, I took a team that wasn't very good and we got better. So um, you can make a name for yourself doing that. I know coach did too at Newton. Yeah, Coach, you know what, since you said it, I'm a mathematician, and I go ahead and say it to every coach listening. Guys, I want you to hear what Coach just said, and I'll put it more frank for you. There are only one, only, only 25% of all head coaching jobs are truly open. I want you guys who are or assistants to hear me this. I am a, I'm a former head coach. Coach is a former head coach. We will get an interview before you because of that fraternity right. that we are in. Mm-hmm. That, when I apply for a job and you apply for a job, you better have – you better come out shine me with what you're ready for because I have that experience and I've done it. So uh, 35% of all jobs in the state of Georgia, I keep these stats, and Travis knows I keep these stats. Mm-hmm. Five years, I went to guys who are current head coaches or head coaching experience. The next 30% of jobs have been inherited. Both schools that I am former head coaches at, the next guy who followed behind me was on my staff. Mm-hmm. So 30 jobs are inherited. So 35 are head coaches or former head coaches. 30% are inherited, so that leaves the rest to guys who are brand-new head coaches. It is not easy. So about one out of three or one every four jobs is open. If you are a coordinator or working your behind off at a school, work it. One of the reasons why I went to Duluth High School was to work for Corey Jarvis, so that when people saw me, they said, well, he was trained by Corey Jarvis. Corey Jarvis got over 100 wins. I was in – people – don't understand this, and I tell people this all the time. I was not the coordinator at Duluth High School when I got new. I was not the coordinator, but I worked for Corey Jarvis, and people knew what that meant. Mm-hmm. If you know, and one thing that I learned working for Corey Jarvis is I didn't always wait for Corey Jarvis to tell me what to do. I went to him every day and said, Coach Jarvis, what can I do? Coach Jarvis, what can I do? Coach Jarvis, what can I do? So that he tell he tells me that Newton called him about two of his guys who both had him on the resume as a reference and he recommended me and that's because every day i asked him what can i do what can i do what can i do and i think that's important for anybody who wants to be a head coach to listen to what you just said you gotta put in work or you need to go be a position coach at north Gwinnett, at buford right carter at um camden county for guys like brian love yep. franklin steve because if you're a position coach for them, that's better than being a coordinator at school. Mm-hmm. If you're not, Absolutely. so I think all you young coaches who are title title chasing, I'm the passing game, running game. <laughs> yeah, Andy, uh, um, what your references look like? Well, it's just it's just so um, so true, Coach. So true. I, I just I defer to that. So true. Coach, um, my last question for me, and I think it's for me, it's simple. Um, because I get asked this thing too. Um, are you going to the interview? You finally get that interview. You wanted that five. You wanted that five percent. Everybody asks me, what should I bring to the interview? 
haven't done it, having that experience, one of the, if you're one of those five guys who got the chance to present to Chris Parker on how to be a head coach, uh, what does he quote unquote need to bring to the interview for you in the panel? Well, you know, that, that used to be more of a easy question than it is now. Uh, used to, you could wow them in the interview with some kind of manual or some kind of presentation or, but, but everybody can do that now. And the ability to make that stuff easier has made that not as special, you know, and, my advice to that question would be you bring whatever the best accessory you have is. Okay. So here's what I mean by that. If you suck on the computer, don't be trying to type anything up. Okay. <laughs> if, I mean, just don't, don't show them that because it's okay. Some people suck on the computer. doesn't mean you're a bad coach, but don't feel like you got to have a manual because this other guy had a manual, you know, like uh, if you're really worried about it, I would ask, but, I think it's usually customary to have some something you can leave with them, maybe even if it's something that's 10 pages, uh, but there's something you can kind of leave with them. And if you know how many people are in there, make enough for all of them. But if you're good at technology and you can do some kind of video uh, presentation, then I think you do that. But I, I think what I would do with that stuff is I might would send it to them ahead of time. I don't remember ever selecting a candidate or ever hearing of a candidate being selected solely off of what they brought into the interview. I think if your best accessory is you running your mouth, which is probably mine, then you make sure you're ready to talk. You know, make sure you don't have, you make sure you got your A game, drink a Mountain Dew, you know, whatever you got to do to get in there and be ready to go. Um, if you're, if you're kind of a quiet guy, that's not real reserved, but you're a ball coach, you got a long list of accomplishments, Make sure you list those accomplishments. Make sure you bring that into the interview. Make sure you harp on those things. And, and, you know, and I'd say I would always bring up the negative. So I would say, hey, guys, y'all are going to have people in here that probably a little better talkers than I am, but you don't have anybody that cares more about kids than me, and you're not going to have anybody in here that's going to work harder for you guys than me, and here's what I've done at these other places. But, I'm, you know, I'm not a preacher. I'm not going to stand up here and preach like Chris Parker did. <laughs> You know, you, you know, you be you is what I'm saying. You bring you to the to the interview. I already said that, but I'm going to say it again. You bring you to the interview. I've seen so, I mean, just being in this for 20 years, I can't tell you how many different people I've met that I respect equally as good head coaches. You know what I mean? Quiet guys, loud guys, tall guys, short guys. Don't None of that matters. All They come in all types. But all of them will be themselves, you know, and, and then surround yourself once you get that job with some people not like you is a whole nother thing to talk about. But I wouldn't harp on what you brought. And if you're one of these guys that thinks, man, if I'd have only done this PowerPoint, I would have gotten the job. It's very likely that you're wrong. You know, it's very likely they didn't pick you for a different reason. Uh, I don't think those those things you hand out at the interview are near as important as they used to be. Uh, I, I, I think if I was doing it, I would make something and I would send it to them ahead of time with being prepared to ask for them to ask me questions. If they had questions, if you want to send them your plan for all season training or practice schedules or whatever, I might would send it to them ahead of time. I mean, they know you're interviewing. It's not a secret. Email it to them, whatever, share it on Google drive, you know, and, um, if they want to ask you about, it, they can. But I would come in there prepared to sell them on you're going to take care of kids. You're going to be a good communicator. You're going to be the best person they could hire. That That's what they're really looking for in that interview. It's more than they're looking for a bunch of words on paper or something, you know, you brought in with you. That's that's great advice, Coach. That's great advice. Well, we're almost out of time here, Coach. Our tradition on the show is to pose this same question to, to each one of our guests. Now, you've given a lot of, of jewels today, so you may have already uh, answered this question. But you can you can answer it from a head coach's perspective, from the AD's perspective, or the district AD's perspective. Either one is fine. What is the one thing that coaches or administrators should be make should make sure that they're doing in their program or schools right now? Well, it's build relationships and communicate. I mean, I know that's two things, but if you're not working every day to build better relationships and be a better communicator, which to me go hand in hand is one thing, then then you're missing it out. The whole deal for us is relationships with those kids, relationships with administrators, relationships with other coaches. 
your relation. If you got a good relationship with somebody, you can tell them something they don't want to hear. So I never had a lot of issues with other sports because those guys like me and I like them. So we just figured it out. You know, I didn't have a lot of relationship or problems with the principal because I had a good relationship with the principal. You know, does that mean you always get your way? No, you build a relationship, meaning go say good morning to them, talk to them. But more than anything, build a good relationship with those kids. You know, take care of those kids. Um, communicate to their parents. Communicate to them. Don't let it be like the the parents saying something like, you know, well, we didn't know we were having a bake sale until last night, you know, or something stupid like that. You know, yeah. tell them 500 times about the bake sale. Let them get so tired of you telling them about the bake sale that they complain about that. You know, communicate. There's no excuse because of social media and technology to not be an effective communicator. And relationships have gotten harder. Communication has gotten easier. But if you can build relationships with those kids, and y'all both are guys who I know build good relationships with kids, um, you got a chance. And so, and that's true for if any role, any coaching role you're in, and truthfully, any administration role you're in. Well, that's big, Coach. Relationships and communication. You heard it from Coach Parker. Well, people, that's our show for tonight. We want to send a big thanks to Coach Parker for, for joining us tonight. We want to send a big thank to all our listeners for checking us out. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. Keep the dialogue going. You can follow the podcast at Georgia High School Football Chat. Again, that's at G-A-H-S-F-B Chat. You can follow myself, Coach Travis Smith, at underscore Coach T. Smith. Once again, that's at underscore Coach T. Smith. Coach Banks, where can they find you? At T. Banks, 1906. That is at T. B-A-N-K-S, 1906. Coach Parker, for the select few who may not be following you at this point, at this uh, given time, how can they keep up with you and gain access to Parker's resources? Well, we on Twitter, it's just Chris underscore Parker 222. Uh, and then uh, you can go to ParkerResources.org and connect. We got Facebook, Instagram. Look, it's been a busy month. We, we're getting it rolling. But, um, man, I appreciate you guys having me. It's been fun. Well, thank you, Coach, and I highly recommend you go check out some of Coach's information, very useful information. On behalf of our guest, Coach Chris Parker, my co-host, Coach Banks, I'm Coach Smith, and this has been the Georgia High School Football Chat Podcast with Smitty and Banks, where culture is for coaches. We on the grind in Georgia all the time. It ain't nothing on my mind.